Hello, this is Cassandra, and welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you all about narcissistic personality and primal drives. I'm going to break down how sometimes a narcissistic personality will use a person's primal drives in order to obtain source supply. Please check the description box below if you want to go ahead and take a look at some of those references and resources I have for you. I want to go ahead and thank everybody for his or her time. Okay, so first of all, um, when it comes down to the narcissist and other cluster personality types, uh, they often function from the reptile, bl- the reptile brain, which is the primal drives, okay? So this means that, um, well, before I break down what the primal drives are, the thing I also want to mention is that this often will provide the narcissist attention from others. Okay, so when they start to use the reptile brain, which is often what they do use, right? This will often provoke certain other uh, stimulants in other people or emotional responses. So when the narcissist or the cluster personality type function from the reptile brain, which is the primal drives, right? Often they will provide them more attention from others. When the narcissist stimulates their reptilian brain, the targeted prey often responds or reacts with a particular emotion or certain emotions that will supply the narcissist or the cluster personality type. Okay, so I just really wanted to make that clear and start it out that way because as I go further on in the segment, you all will begin to understand, well, hopefully you will begin to understand why the narcissist usually will... Um, target in on a person's primal drive. Now, okay, now what is what are the, the primal drives? Flight, food, family, and fornication. Okay, so these are the things that we often will engage in in order to survive and live or and be okay in the world, okay? And also to connect with one another. So the narcissists, they often will sit back and they will, um, if not mimic or hijack a person's consciousness, they will actually sit back and study a person and find out what their vices are, find out their gestures, and just find pretty much overall study a person, right? How, how do they uh, survive in the world? What do they tend to do? This is why sometimes a person may say that the narcissist is like a psychic. They almost know exactly what they're going to say and or do before they do it. This is because the narcissist takes time out to study a person, okay? Such as looking at their primal drives. How do they do things? How do they tend to think? Even down to the gestures. It's kind of freaky and eerie when you think about it, but a lot of you already know about this because of your experiences with narcissist uh, relationships. Okay, so those are the primal drives. Flight, food, family, and fornication. All right, now the pe- the paleo Macmillan brain, which is the emotional brain, is another layer wrapped around the reptilian brain. Okay, so it's like a layer wrapped around another layer. So when the narcissist starts to um, play with a person's mind, they're also toying with their heart or their emotions. This is often why a person may feel very emotional. When the narcissist tries to goat them into an argument and they may start to, instead of responding, he or she may react. Okay, this is understandable considering what's going on. The narcissist sometimes can can cause a person to become triggered, okay, even emotionally. So the gaslight technique combined with the use of neuro-linguistic programming, 
is the narcissist trump card. So when they combine gaslight techniques with neuro and uh, linguistic programming, this is the narcissist ace card or the trump card. Okay, because why? Because this will ensure that certain emotions will be experienced by the person that they're trying to obtain the supply from. Just think about when they try to goat you into an argument. You know, they're playing with your head and they're playing with your emotions too, right? So this may cause a particular uh, reaction or a an emotional response. Okay, so the narcissist, uh, well, the, the source or the person that the narcissist is targeting for source supply, okay, sometimes they become um, spellbound or they may be under a uh, influence or a suggestive state while certain pre-programmed triggers are experienced. And why is this? Again, because the narcissist is not only playing with the person's mind, but they're playing with their emotions too. So when the narcissist begins to gaslight a person and combine this with the neuro-linguistic programming, the narcissist can sometimes have that person in a suggestive state. It's like a Svengali narcissist. It's almost like they're hypnotizing the person that they're trying to obtain source supply from. Okay, so when you think about the gaslight technique and the neuro-linguistic programming, that's just another way of looking at how the narcissist toys with a person's mind. But that person can become very emotional as a result. Okay, so what are some of the pre-programmed triggers? It could be traumatic events. A person can have unresolved fears that the narcissist may have studied and picked up on, right? Or noticed about the person. Another pre-programmed trigger could be people, places, and things that remind the person of traumatic events. And of course, it may be adverse effects of abuse, dysfunctional relationships, and unresolved pain. So the narcissist sits back and, and they study this. Sometimes it's unconscious on their part. Sometimes they know exactly what they're doing because they have certain intentions or hidden agendas, which is to obtain source supply. So the narcissist will you know, never underestimate how far the narcissistic personality will go in order to obtain source supply. So these adverse effects of abuse, dysfunctional relations, and unresolved pain can come to the surface, especially when the narcissist is using gaslighting techniques combined with neuro-linguistic programming. Okay, so by using neuro-linguistic programming as a diabolical tactic to obtain narcissist supply, the narcissist is able to spellbound others or put them under a spell, right? It's almost like they're hypnotizing a person by using suggestive words, key phrases, along with a particular tone of voice, while studying perhaps the reptilian systems of others in order to mimic him or her. Because like I was saying earlier, the narcissist will look at a person's primal drives how did they move in the world? How did they survive? If they're facing adversity, the narcissist will sit back and watch to see how you would, um, what, is, what is that phrase? Uh, how you deal with pressure or how do you tend to deal with adversity? Okay. Or under pressure, do you, do you fold under pressure? Do you give in to pressure? See, narcissists, they like to sit back and look at stuff like that because when they pull shenanigans, which often they will, right? They want to see how much they can get away with, or they want to see how much the person uh, can take. If a person is prone to taking a lot of BS, 
the narcissist will check mark that in the, and it will make a foul, a mental foul of that. So this is why very often they will gaslight and use neuro-linguistic programming in order to achieve their goal, which is to obtain narcissistic supply or to obtain source supply. Okay, so when they use these key phrases and when they use a particular tone of voice, okay, they will even repeat certain words, suggestive words. All of this is neuro-linguistic programming and gaslighting. Very often a person could be left traumatized Okay, they can actually end up questioning their sanity. They can question their reality. Narcissists, sometimes they will pull a telekinesis. What does that look like? When they simply will alter or attempt to alter a person's sense of time and reality. And all of that can go right up under the umbrella of gaslighting a person. Okay, because what does that do? They start to question their sanity as well as their reality. When the narcissist is successful with the diabolical tactic, most find him or her to be less of a threat at the beginning of relationships. Okay, so when the narcissist is successful with that type of diabolical tactic, you know, pulling shenanigans such as gaslighting and you, uh, the neuro-linguistic programming, using that, right? A lot of people are blown away when they really start to look at that and say, wait a minute. That, the narcissist wasn't like that before. Matter of fact, they couldn't even tell that the person was a narcissist in the beginning of the relationship. They were less of a threat at the beginning, but the narcissist often switches the game in order to obtain narcissistic supply or source supply, right? So when the narcissist is successful with doing this kind of tactic, a lot of people, when they really look back and they, you know, when they start to use their past as reference, when they start to think about what happened, they are blown away when they are, you know, when they find out that the person wasn't like that before. So narcissists, they often, it's like a slow burn almost when they start to use these types of tactics. Usually, you know, they're pretty, you know, nice at first, but then when the mask slips off and it cracks, very often the narcissist, in order to, uh, to do damage control, he or she will sometimes use like what you call a shape shift. Okay, they will try to um, regain, you know, or do damage control. They will try to regain control. All right, so I want to go over some critical questions here. Critical question number one, do you often feel emotionally, mentally, or psychologically drained, especially after a heated argument with a narcissist or cluster B personality type? Maybe some other cluster B personality type you're dealing with, like antisocial, borderline, okay, histrionic. It's not just the narcissistic. So when you start to feel emotionally drained or mentally or psychologically drained, remember, you have a uh, energy body. The narcissist has an energy body. So the narcissist, the way their energy body often functions is that it goes and it plugs into other energy bodies in order to extract what it wants so it can continue to thrive and survive moving on from uh, every source of supply that they can possibly muster. So this is why they often move from one relationship to the next, okay? And remember, everybody has an energy body. No one can survive or exist without energy. So we have an energy body. So picture a glass of water, right? It's full. Put a straw into that glass of water. The straw represents the narcissist's energy. The glass of water 
represents your energy. So the narcissist, you know, so when that glass of water is is drank, right? And uh, the glass is empty, it's still a glass. Okay, so your energy body may feel drained and empty as a result of the narcissist extracting what he or she needs from it. So now they're full and they can move on and they're energized. This is often why they feel quite calm after they have goaded you into an argument. Is there a second critical question? Is there a contrast between how you feel while in the presence of the narcissist in comparison to when you are away from him or her? The second part of that question, which scenario influences you to feel and think better about yourself? Very often a person is also blown away when they start to look at how they think and how they feel when the narcissist is around versus when they're not. Some of you can think about this. When the narcissist is around, you just probably feel down and out. You may feel drain of energy. You may not seem to be able to concentrate. It's almost like you're not yourself. But when they're not around, you feel a little bit better. You may feel a little bit lighter. You may be able to muster up a smile or two. You may be even feeling lighthearted. See, this is where your contrast comes in. So you can compare that apple to orange. When the narcissist is around, right? You don't feel so good. You don't think so well about yourself. Perhaps. But when they are around, pardon me, when they're not around, you think a little bit better. You can see a brighter world. You may even start to feel better about things. Okay? So that's just something to think about. I did this exercise once myself. Well, actually, I did it several times. And I I found out that contrast is very helpful, especially when you start to become triggered and feel overwhelmed by the narcissist relationship. He or she may be pulling these shenanigans like gaslighting and using neuro-linguistic programming. You can go to the contrast or seek out the contrast that can help you. Third critical question, can you use five words to describe the character of the narcissist or another cluster personality type in your life based upon actual events that took place between you and that person. Now, this one is huge because it goes right into that contrast that I was just talking about. Narcissists often have their cheerleading squad. Who is the squad? Okay, who are the squads? Those that they have recruited as flying monkeys and those who are enabling the narcissist. They're always on standby, seemingly, right? <laughs> and at the ready, to tell you how good the narcissist is and you're overreacting or maybe you're too sensitive. This is when you can start to drown those voices out and start listening to your own voices or your own voice, pardon me, right? Your own voice. Now the narcissist, they can be chattering. Their words could be in your mind when they're not around. So sometimes you have to drown out that that naysayer voice from several people who are on the cheerleading squad of the narcissist. You have to start pulling from your inside or going on the inside and just listening to your own voice, listening to yourself, listening to your intuition, which is telling you the truth about who that narcissist is, their character. Their character is faulty, flawed, questionable. Okay, listen to that voice. More than likely it's telling you. Okay, that's telling you the truth. Tool number one, practice mindfulness in order to help understand what triggers the primal brain. Tool number two, discontinue to waste any time, finances, and or energy on attempting to change the narcissist or if it's another type of cluster personality. 
Tool number three, take time out to spend with yourself by creating a personal sanctuary or place of refuge in order to obtain peace of mind. Okay, so back to tool number one, practice mindfulness. What does that consist of? Four things. Number one, practicing self-preservation. Simply put, you're taking better care of yourself. Number two, you're practicing personal boundaries. The narcissist, that's the first thing to go if you're going to have a relationship with him or her. The third element of mindfulness is when you are emotionally disciplined or you're practicing emotional discipline. What does that look like? When they start to pull shenanigans, you're not so reactionary. This takes practice, so don't beat yourself up if you tend to slip from time to time. The fourth element of mindfulness is when you are practicing self-preservation. I think I mentioned that. Self-preservation, emotional discipline, assertive. That was the one I was looking for. So you're going to start to become a little bit more assertive. So when you're practicing mindfulness, you're going to become a little bit more assertive, practicing self-preservation and personal discipline, as well as emotional discipline. Okay. Personal discipline. In other words, you're, you're practicing, you're taking better care of yourself. Okay. So just continue to waste any time. Why would you continue to waste time on a relationship? That's really not fulfilling you. It's not nourishing you. It's not going anywhere. You may be overspending on the narcissist whenever their special date comes up. You're helping them to celebrate. But when your special dates come up, do they help you celebrate? Do they uplift your spirits? Probably not. So that's a lot of energy and focus being put on the narcissist, right? So, you know, when they're attempting uh, to control you, sometimes unconsciously, a person may be attempting to change the narcissist. Why? Because they want the narcissist to treat them better. They want to be loved and cared for. This is understandable. So take time out to spend with yourself. Create a personal sanctuary. You're going to need that peace of mind. What does the contrast consist of or what will it provide? Now, I found this out for myself. It will provide you balance, harmony, and peace of mind. Okay, so there are references and resources that I have here for you. Please check those out at a later date. And wherever you are right now, take care of yourself and each other. Mwah.